it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. podcast my name is ct mcmanus and for the next little while it is my job to get your mind off the craziness of the world out there and get it refocused in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll hope you guys are having a great week enjoying the weather uh beautiful crisp fall weather that we're gearing up into going towards halloween we got a lot of stuff set up for you this evening guys we're going to be talking to scott kirby uh, he's going to be stopping by momentarily. We're also going to hear from Back From Zero. And then in the second hour, we're going to go back to one of our good old-fashioned roundtables, and we're going to be discussing gear, what to use, what not to use, uh, different techniques, things along that line. Got a couple good gentlemen joining in on that conversation. Really excited to bring that to you. Uh, for right now, we're going to... Uh, we're going to get things moving, man. A uh, lot of stuff going on in the world of rock, and uh, we'll talk about more of that in a little while. But 
Here is Doro with Lift Me Up. I can tell you I've been changed forever. Only in my dreams. I can be free and feel much better. I feel running.
Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there, too. Right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off a uh, building. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history. The voice of choice and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
That was the Blouse Brothers with South Jersey Fadeaway. Guys, hope you're really having a good evening. Thank you once again for joining us. And uh, unfortunately, Scott Kirby was unable to be with us this evening. We're going to work hard on getting that rescheduled. And uh, my apologies to you for missing that. Looking forward, uh, within the next couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by Back From Zero. Really, really kick-ass band. Really excited to bring them to you guys, bring them to your attention, put them on your radar. Uh, you can find all their music on Spotify and other streaming services. We're going to go ahead and listen to Vagrant Music.
All right, guys, thank you. Uh, that was Back From Zero with Vagrant Muse, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you the guys from Back From Zero. Guys, you with us? Yeah, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you great, man. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm Austin, and my, I got my drummer, Eric, here. Say hi, Eric. Hey, how's it going? So, uh, another great band from Brooklyn, man. I know a lot of... Uh, a lot of bad New York seems to be happening as far as rock lately. It seems like there's a lot of good bands as of recent. Um, how long have you guys been together? Well, the funny thing is, I mean, the scene is definitely popping now. It's pretty good, but we've been together since probably about, I think it's 2012. We've been at it a while. Wow. Uh, yeah, the core of us, me, Dean, and Eric, the three of us, me, me the singer and the drummer, uh, we've been at it for, well, yeah, like I said, about 2012, we started playing the clubs back then. We actually, when we first came out, we were only a three-piece because we couldn't find a bass player. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, now, have you guys been able to do any gigs through this whole mess? I mean, some people are doing outside shows. Have you done anything this summer? No, not at all. You know, we're working on, you know, bringing the shows to the people, getting like the live stream thing set up. So we're on the cusp of that. But yeah, the live, uh, the live music is, you know. Yeah, we haven't been able to play any live shows lately, even outdoor shows. Just nothing's been really going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems like COVID put a stop to just about the entire industry. And it's a damn shame, man. Uh, So what was the last, uh, the last album that you guys put out. I know you guys have some stuff on Spotify. I've been listening to you guys. Um, oh, thank you. But uh, looking at some of your, uh, looking at some of the material, like how far, like how many albums do you guys have out? We have two albums out that are online right now. And we have a live album that we actually recorded at the Delancey. And then we have our five-song EP, Opposite and Fact. And uh, we have them all over there on all the different student platforms. And we have them on our website, uh, backtozeronyc.com. So anybody can give a listen to them whenever they want to. That's awesome, man. Now, um, as far as influences are concerned, uh, what do you guys each bring to the table? Um, Eric, I'll let you go first. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm all about, well, not all about, but, you know, definitely the more metal side of things, I would say. Um, you know, Austin's uh, coming at it from like a more classic rock uh, kind of vibe. Blues, I would say. hard yeah, rock, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, it's it. I just think of like, you know, Phil Anselmo from uh, Pantera. He once said, you know, you got to get these everyone together. You know, this guy has his influences. The other guy has their own. And you put it together and you make something new as opposed to, That's right. you know, everyone being into like, oh, we all love this one band. You know, let's just sound like yeah. it's one band. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess if I had to answer, like, specific bands, like, my major influences would be, like, Web Zeppelin, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Black Crows. Um, those, are, those are, like, four of the major ones. Then you got, like, other bands, Clutch, stuff like that, Soundgarden, uh, Nirvana, of course, you know, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, the grunge stuff, for sure. And I just, like, in my, in my opinion, I just try to, like, combine the best of all of it and try to, you know, make the best songs that we can make as a band, you know? I'll tell you what, you brought up the grunge aspect. We just got done listening to Vagrant Muse. I got to say, that leaned very heavily on the grunge side. Is that kind of the sound you were going for with that? 
Yeah, definitely that hard rock grunge type thing, um, which I know hard rock and grunge, while they're similar in some aspects, they're definitely different genres kind of of music, right. even though they do kind of cross over. And I guess, I guess what I try to do is combine the two of them. Like my, my, my whole thing, I guess, would be like, I would love to have a band that would be like, you know, Guns N' Roses, Tool, and Nirvana, all in one, and Soundgarden, all in one. You know, like that, that's kind of like my goal to go for when I'm, when I'm writing. Um, but you can use that, that specific song. Uh, yeah, I guess, it's definitely a very heavy grunge and hard rock influence, and I guess that's uh, a good uh, representation of how I'm trying to mix things together a little bit, you know? Now, uh, as far as your writing aspect is concerned, do you guys write collectively, or is there one or two that take care of the writing side of things? Um, Eric, how about you? Well, you we definitely, you know, Austin definitely we started off with a ton of material. I mean, Austin had a, a bunch of great songs that we, you know, we learned and we, we still play now um, in terms of like, you know, writing the new stuff. Uh, generally me and Austin will uh, get together and kind of hammer things out and then, you know, bring the other guys in, they put their own kind of take on it. So. Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. yeah. Me and Eric usually get the stuff going first more than, more so than anybody else, probably because like we just have more time than anybody else in the band has. So we try to utilize it as much as possible and get together whenever we can. And uh, a lot of the times, I'll tell you, Eric starts doing a beat or something in the studio, and I just jump in, and it just kind of happens from there. Um, so it's usually me and him who start everything off. And, yeah, like Eric said, we bring everybody in after that, yeah. So, I mean, through the whole COVID situation, like we were discussing earlier, kind of through a, a monkey wrench into everybody's plans, uh, what do you guys have uh, upcoming? What are you guys looking forward to doing next? Well, the good news is we have a video that's been in the works for a while, and everything got slowed down because of COVID, obviously. But uh, luckily, we've been able to get back in, and we've been able to finish the video shooting. And uh, we're going in to re-record the song, so it sounds a lot better than it did on the original recording. So we awesome. have the video coming out, and uh, we're aiming for October 31st, Halloween, for the uh, for the release of the video, and uh, aside from the video, we have we're either doing an EP or an album. We're probably opting for the album to do a little more than just a few songs, so we can have a full catalog going on. And uh, right. that's probably going to be at the beginning of the new year. We're going to take a little time to do it, so we could do it right. But yeah, we have an album on the way too, so we got that going on. And uh, luckily for us, we got signed recently to Bentley Records. And uh, so we're going to release it through a, through an actual label, which is really cool for us, too. That's awesome. Congratulations, Thanks. guys. Man. How, how'd that whole thing come about? Uh, they got in touch with us through email, and uh, we did a little research, and we realized they were a really good company. They really liked us. We really liked them. And uh, it was a good marketing platform and everything, so we decided to go with it. And everybody was, uh, pretty much had a happy marriage so far with it. That's great, man. And I mean, especially nowadays, the the labels are so fewer and far that I, I find that the labels that are still out there kicking it really do care about the artist, which is a plus for you guys. Um, so with the uh, with the album that you got coming out, have you guys been recording it during this time, or is it stuff that you guys have previously recorded? Uh, no, it's all, all new songs. Uh, you know, we thankfully have uh, enough to pick from. We actually got yeah. you know, more than enough. But, thankfully. Uh, uh, no, right now we're just kind of hammering it out, uh, making sure it's, you know, we're as tight as possible before, you know, we get into the studio. But, 
so we're just working on uh you know getting everything as tight as possible yeah now with the uh with your set list when you guys do play live about how long do you guys normally go for a set how much material do you guys have under your belt um well usually usually in new york the sets are anywhere between a half an hour and 45 minutes depending upon the club and uh luckily we have the unique difficulty of choosing the amount of songs you want to fit into a set because we happen to have probably about 20 songs all together 20 25 songs collectively as a band so sometimes like we can't actually play everything we have so a lot of the times we actually have to say what we want to play as opposed to just everything we have to decide which songs to put in and uh what we want to bring to the audience is the best show possible at that time that's awesome now uh yeah. is is there any bands that you guys have been kind of running in the same circles that you you find yourself doing multiple shows with, or is it so diverse that you guys really don't know who you're playing with next? Well, it's funny because obviously in New York there's like a ton of bands playing all on the scene, but uh, there are a few bands that actually all kind of like stick together, for lack of a better term. Like everybody kind of keeps in contact, and right. uh, a few of them. Well, one of them we actually share a studio with our friends in Vava Voom. That's one of them. Another oh, yeah. band that we, uh, yeah, you guys know them, I'm sure. And, Absolutely. Uh, another, and they're a book. They're a great bunch of guys. And uh, another band that we've actually been in contact with and played a few shows with was Newborn, and okay. uh, Violent in Black. So there's a there's a there's a few different uh, few different bands that we've actually uh, kept in contact with and stayed in contact with on the scene. And that's just to name a few. I'm sure there's more that I can't think of off the top of my head at the moment. But, yeah, the, the good thing is the scene, as big as it is, is kind of small at the same time, and a lot of the people know each other inside of it, you know? You know, and the one thing that I I keep finding from a lot of the New York guys, uh, because I, I've, I've got multiple friends in the New York scene, is right. um, the – a lot of them want to break out of that New York scene, though, because they feel like maybe it's a little suffocating. Do you guys feel that way at all? Like you want to spread out into other markets? I mean, we would love to. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love New York, and New York will always be my home. I mean, this is where I was born and bred, but, yeah, I mean, we yeah. definitely want to make as many markets possible to us as we can, you know? Yeah, like uh, last year we went to Boston. We went to Boston. Yeah, right. Was that was fun. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, as many cities as we can hit, as many uh, markets as we can get into, and as many places as we can play, absolutely. I, I would love to have the world as our backyard. I don't want to just keep to New York. I want to get out there, and I want to bring the music to the world if I can, you know? I hear you. Now, uh, as far as you guys are concerned with the current, I mean, everybody in the scene, everybody that's involved with rock nowadays, we all kind of have a mutual understanding that, rock has kind of been shifted back to like the underground We're we're far from mainstream. We're far from the big popular hip hop rap country scene that has taken over this country. What do you guys feel is lacking or is the reason why rock is so underground right now? Honestly, I just, People, Eric, how about you? Do you have anything to say? Why it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that's just something that you see, you know, as time goes on, you know, trends change. That's true, yeah. I mean, it's great that we're in a time now where, you know, you could get music anywhere, you know, you could search it out. It's easy to find. It's not just whatever they're playing, you know, on the radio. Yeah. So, it's, you know. 
Yeah, like, I don't, I, you know, I know there's a big underground scene in New York, but I also feel it's about the bubble, because in my personal opinion, uh, like you said, there are other genres of music out there that are obviously very popular, but I do think there's a lot of rock bands that are up and coming and that are on the cusp of making something big happen, especially in a city like New York. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to happen soon. I think a lot of these bands are going to break out, because what I think a lot of people don't realize there is a lot of good music out there, and it's, it's just waiting to be heard, man. And, oh, yeah. Uh, well, while it's underground, I also think people are finally starting to, like, realize, hey, there's a lot of good bands out there. And, like, there are audiences, there are people listening, and it is easier to get your music out there to people nowadays with iTunes yeah. and Spotify and all right. these different things. So I, I think the reach is coming back, and I think people are actually coming back to rock and roll and metal and all these, you know, different band formations of uh, music. I think it's I think it's making a turnaround. It may be slow, but I think it's surely coming back if you ask me. I'll tell you what. Honestly, I think that after uh, whatever vaccine comes out for COVID, and once things finally shift back to normal, I think the local music scenes are going to explode. I think rock and roll is going to come back hard time. And I think that there's going to be just a lot of, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many people that said that this has just been a time of uh, not just reflection, but of also inspiration that people keep writing and music's being made right now. And it's like everything's shifting right now, but once that, vaccine comes out once we're finally able to go back out safely that dam's going to break and i think everybody including you guys are going to be that much better for it you know i've been doing a lot of thinking about this myself and i happen to agree with you what do you think Eric? i agree with pt i believe it's going to make a really big boom i mean i'm ready i'm ready to get out there and play i'm ready to get out there and just like rock like here yeah, what's I, going on yeah i just yeah. want to rock i want to exactly. hear people rock i want to I mean, I think everybody who's a who's a music fan, I won't even categorize, I think everybody who's a music fan in general is just dying to go back to a live show and yeah, you, know, hell yeah. Hold, you know, hold that over expensive beer. I don't even think people are gonna care how much they pay to <laughs> do it anymore at this point. I think they're just like, you know, give me the fifteen dollar beer, just play me some friggin' rock and roll and get me yeah, moving, yeah. you know. Perfect soundtrack for coming out of this too. I mean, just boom. Yeah. And I, I think you know it's, it's a sign of the times. Like you know, one of the things that I always felt about rock and roll is like you know, sure there's party rock and roll and there's good time rock and roll, but at the heart of it, rock and roll always kind of like mirrored and painted a picture of the times that we live in. That's and right. It always, you know, that's right. I mean, that's what I always felt. And I feel that, like, especially after something as serious as COVID and all these situations that we're going through right now, I think the rock and roll is going to come out. And I think it's going to say a lot more than people even expect to hear. I think it's going to take yeah. people by storm. I really do. And, you know, once, like I said, once we get the, the ability to go back to normal, people are going to want to be having a good time. People are going to want to get out, get out of their homes, get out of being cooped up and just party. And I think... Bands like yours are just going to be in a hot commodity. You guys are going to be just in a good spot. I, I really hope so, man, because we've been doing this a long time. And you know what? I want to break through in the scene. I love being a local band, but I know there's more out there, and I, I want it. I want what I want. What's more out there, you know? And I agree with you 100%. I think once we're allowed to go back, I think people are going to go back and droves the live shows. Now, with uh, you guys being stationed in New York, now, New York used to be the epicenter of 
the music industry. It used to be everything, all the labels, everything went through New York. Now, with music being the way it is and a lot of the labels have gone away, you guys have signed on to one, thankfully. And with New- has, the, has the scene in New York changed? Have, have you guys noticed that as far as uh, what happened like what started when you guys started to now? Has there been a shift in the scene in New York? You know what? Well, I'll answer and then you give an answer because I think we both might both have a point here. Personally, I think the scene has gotten even bigger since we started because there's more bands. And right before COVID, there were plenty of places to play. So there was just like what, like I said, we started in like say 2012, and you know. Especially when you're starting out, there was a limited amount of places that would let you play because you were new. And now that we've been doing this a while, I noticed there are a lot of places to play. And I think there's been a lot of more bands that have been coming out in the past, like, I'll even say five, six years. I just think there's been a lot more rock bands that have been uh, coming out. I don't know. What do you think, Yeah, there's been momentum for sure. I would say just in terms of it developing. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a. There's, I could definitely say my personal experience. There's a lot more now in 2020, 20. I'll even say 2019 a year ago than there was, like I said, five years ago, 2012. You know, there's just a lot more going on. People are more into it. Absolutely. Now, um, with if you guys had one wish today, if things went back to normal uh, today. What would be the right. first thing that you guys would like to do? U.S. I'll, I'll answer for Austin. Play Irving Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> That's I definitely want to play Irving Plaza. That's a goal of mine for sure. I'm on board too. Let's do it. I, I say we do it. First things first. Let's play Irving Plaza. Absolutely. That's that's my goal. Definitely. <laughs> now, um, as far as getting a hold of you guys, social media pages, websites, how do people find you? Oh, thank you for asking. Yo, we're, we're pretty easy to find. Um, everything can be definitely found at our website, which is backfromzeronyc.com. And then we're also available on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash backfromzeronyc. Um, we're on Instagram, which is back underscore from underscore zero. And uh, those are the three main ones right now. And if you go to the website, backfromzeronyc.com, there's all the links on all the different pages that we belong to. So you can always just go there as a hub and click something and just, you'll go wherever you want. It'll take you wherever you want to go. That's awesome. Now, uh, my last, my last question for you guys is uh, we're getting ready to play severed. Could you give us a little insight to that song and what inspired it? Absolutely. I can. Uh, I'm going to answer that one because I'm the one who wrote it. Technically speaking, I, and I think every musician has got this story to some extent, um, it was basically a breakup song with me and one of my ex-girlfriends. And uh, it was just, and at the time, of course, you know, you go through a bad breakup and you're angry and you're going through the motions and what have you. And uh, I find it hard to write ballads for the most part, although I've done a few in my life. So uh, I got severed out of the breakup. And <laughs> that's what kind of, that's kind of. Angry music ensued. Right, angry music ensued with the breakup song. So that's how that one came about. That's awesome. Well, Eric. And, and by, by the way, real quick, severed is the video that we're going to be releasing in case people are wondering which song we're going to be releasing a video for. It happens oh, to be great. fixed. Yeah. Awesome. 
Eric Olson, man, thank you so much for taking time with us tonight, and have a great rest of your weekend. Hey, thank you. Thanks, CT. You too, man. Thank you very much, CT. We, we, this has been great. Thank you very much for having us, man. Anytime. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. You have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was Back From Zero, and here is Severed. <laughs>
That was Back From Zero with Severed. I want to thank those guys for joining, man. That was such a great spot. And uh, really wish those guys great luck in their future. Um, did you guys know, as Rock and Roll Union members, that you are privy to some discounts that you may not have been aware of? There's a, a deal that we've made with Phoenix Custom Printing. Guys, they are the elite rock shop. If you need anything as far as gear, as far as as far as merchandise, as far as apparel, they are the location to go to. Their phone number is 410-206-2081. Once again, that's 410-206-2081. You tell them you heard this on the Rock and Roll Union podcast, you'll get 20% off all your orders. You know you want to get your merchandise now before the scene kicks back in. That number one last time is 410-206-2081. Tell them the union sent you. We have a caller on the line. Let's see who's calling. Thanks for calling into the podcast. Who do we have? Hello? Is somebody with us? All right. Apparently not. (laughs) So, uh, guys, really really excited for uh the seven o'clock hour we're going to be talking gear we've got such a good uh round table of people that are going to be joining us excited to introduce you to all those guys and uh we're going to actually rock we're going to rock one more time before a commercial break then we're going to join our round table we're going to listen to a little bit of my boys in rat rod here is Lightning Strikes. Back. 
That was Rat Row with Lightning Strikes. I believe we have a caller on the line again. Let's see if we can get through this time. Thanks for calling the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. Who do we have on the line? CT, Chris Starr here. How are you? Hey, man. Good. How are you? Very well. Very well. Well, I'm going to put you all on hold real quick because we got to take a quick commercial break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to start this roundtable. But uh, thanks for being with us, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. We are going to take a quick commercial break. And after the break, we're going to be talking everything gear. All you gearheads, man, if you have a phone, if you have a question, you can phone in at 914-338-1885. Really excited to get this conversation underway. And uh, like I said, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.
All right, guys, welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. Now, one of the biggest topics and one of the biggest concerns for anyone out there in the music industry, anyone out there that's playing live shows or out there doing anything musically, is gear. Now, that's something that I'm not as experienced with, but a lot of people are. So we're, we're opening this up. This was a hot topic that people wanted to wanted to address. So we're going to bring it up tonight. We got a good roundtable of guys with us tonight. If you have a phone, if you have a question, you can phone in at 914-338-1885. I'm going to introduce each one of my guests, and as I do, I'm going to ask them to uh, give a little insight to how long they've been in the business and uh, what's going on with them. So my first guest to introduce to you is Chris Starr. Chris, thanks for being with us, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so a little bit, little bit about me. Uh, yeah, I'm in a band called Signal 13. Uh, we are a uh, an original hard rock act. Um, you know, I've played guitar since I was a kid, and uh, over the last three years since we started Signal 13, uh, we started out as a cover project. Uh, we started out locally in the Baltimore market. Uh, we expanded rapidly. Uh, to become, you know, one of the, the better known cover acts. And, and we, you know, played throughout the Mid-Atlantic festivals, all that kind of thing. Uh, and in the last year, we've uh, shifted over to become a completely original act. And, you know, during during that whole time, we, we went from having just, just our, our own instruments and main amplification gear to when we were, we were touring heavily, doing 85, 90 shows uh, a year, we, we got our own PA, we got all our own uh, equipment in terms of lighting, we got everything that we needed to be self-contained. We had two trucks going out the shows. Uh, wow. And then now, as a original act, uh, we have um, you know, focused on, on what we need uh, to be opening for national acts. So we've, awesome. we've, we've been through quite a, quite a, a run of different gear uh, for different needs. Awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, up next is my good friend, Rock Doc, Dave Rosenfeld. Dave, you with us? Yeah, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. So, so a little I bit mean, about we know, me. We know all about you, but for those that are listening, Dave, could you get, yeah, just run us down a little bit? Well, uh, I started off with a band, um, Out of Bounds. Um, we played uh, Rock Carnival, played a whole bunch of stuff, and we've kind of... Um, kind of quieted down a little bit and now moving up to my main project Tonal Crush which kind of took things by storm when we first came out um, we're in the midst of recording our um, debut CD COVID kind of put things down a little bit but we're working with uh, John DeServio from Black Label Society and yeah things are going great man that's awesome man thank you uh, and our, our next guest is Eric Bell Eric you with us yes sir how you doing tonight Good, man. How are you? Hanging in there. Doing great. Thanks for having if you, me. If you could give our guests just a little uh, rundown on your background. All right. Uh, tone chaser and musician my whole life, so it goes without saying. It goes back from listening to great albums and, and being motivated by like great sounds to just playing on circuit, filling in for friends, cover bands, tribute bands, uh, guest spots on a few things, and uh, mainly... Um, backlining and guitar tech for other bands on the road as well so awesome that's it in a nutshell yeah now, eric's uh, really knowledgeable 
I'm going to I'm going to start it out this way. I am so green. I'm leaning on you guys for this entire topic. I'm so green that when I started with Rock and Roll Union and I started doing live events going back just two years ago, I didn't even know what the term backline meant. I, I learned quickly, but right. I didn't even know what the line backline meant. So I I took a little crash course. I know somewhat, but um, you guys know much more than me. What would you say is the uh, – I'm just going to throw this out there. You guys are free to answer however you wish. Uh, what would you say is the uh, the number one thing you need as far as gear is concerned? Like what is the first thing, the, the thing that trumps everything for the band? Hey, Eric. I would say professional quality gear, period, uh, professional quality gear. Um, it's it's uh i think um a lot of gr- bands have great sounds and uh it's it's getting them collectively there's elements that make or break sound understanding how to get the best of what you got and uh it's just starting out with great quality equipment number 1 and then knowing how to get the best out of it so that's the real topic how do you get the best out of your ferrari or whatever you're driving you got to know how to work that gear to get its best you know, sounding its best. And it, I think it also depends on um, the type of sound you're looking for. If you're looking for that grunge sound, you're going to have one thing. If you're looking for a blues thing, you're going to look for another setup. If you're looking for a really hard rock sound, you may have a totally different setup. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think it re- really depends on, on where you're at and what you're trying to do. Um, I totally agree on professional gear. Um, you know, yeah. I, I always think it's it's best to go with the best equipment that you can afford, uh, given you know where where you're at in, in terms of um, you know budget and uh, your 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 goals. Uh, but it really comes down to you know what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, do you need you know your own PA? Do you need your own lighting? Um, do you just need uh, your own, you know, direct equipment in terms of your instruments and amplifiers and, and uh, you know, more more core equipment. Uh, but it's always going to be get the best stuff that you can, and as has been, been mentioned, uh, figure out how to use it to its best, regardless of your budget. Uh, I've seen people with, you know, low budgets with fairly, you know, inexpensive equipment getting great sounds out of things today. Now, is it most venues that you guys have experience with, do they have their I going way back used to be a, a thing where you had to bring your sound guy with you. Lately it feels like the venues have switched over to they all have their own in house sound guy. What is your experience with that and how important is that sound guy with your equipment? So that's that's what we were dealing with, you know, when we when we first started out. Um, we were utilizing, um, you know, one of two things: either either house sound for the bigger venues, uh, and this was, you know, on the local cover scene. Uh, the bigger venues would have their own lights, their own sound, and an engineer to run both. Um, or uh, many of the smaller venues did not have that, so we would hire a sound guy. They would come out, uh, they'd provide a PA, they'd provide the lights. Uh, and you know the, their their quality of their gear and their expertise uh, really ranged on who you're working with. Um, you know, as as you uh, shift over onto the original scene, it's more and more often um, you know the, the the venue either has it or whoever's headlining 
uh, is providing it. Uh, so things changed quite a bit. But, uh, you know, you get to this point where you sort of have to decide, okay, is it worth having a sound guy or do we want to control everything ourselves? Yeah, I think as an original band, you, you kind of are at the mercy of what the um, what's provided for you because they know their own equipment at whatever venue it is, and you have to learn how to do a very quick sound check and how to really lock your own sound into what they're asking for. Absolutely. Now, uh, the one thing I wanted to ask Dave is when we did the Jersey Shore Jam, you, you made it a point that you wanted to lock that sound in early. You showed up for an early sound check and took care of things that way. How important is things like that as far as you're concerned? Well, for me, it took me a long while to develop my, my tone for this particular band. And I'm very, you know, even when we talk about a back line, I always ask if I can still bring my own stuff because I don't want to be a hassle or prima donna, but there's definite sound that I, I kind of develop that I want to keep. So um, getting there early with a sound guy and finding out what he's looking for. You know, I have a Marshall. I like to open that thing up. And that can be present a problem once in a while. So I have to find a balance between what they're looking for and what I'm looking for from a from a sound quality issue. Gotcha. Yeah, Eric, that's a good problem? point. Getting getting connected oh, sorry, early. Go ahead, Chris. I'm going to go back there. Yeah, uh, getting connected early is is, is ideal. Um, you know, getting there early on the day of is awesome. Getting together with whoever is going to be handling the front of house. Uh, and, and handling, you know, a backline uh, in advance of the show and getting them, you know, a, a, a stage plot uh, and what all your inputs are and things like that is even better. Now, yeah, that's definitely uh, the the go-to thing, you know, whenever you're hitting a stage, get there early, have your, your uh, yourself together and your sound together. You know, uh, there's not much changes usually on the fly. It's up to uh, the front of house guy, you know, to make sure you're sounding good. And they're going to, you know, let you pretty much know what you need. The best thing is when the band takes their time and doesn't play over each other and you get right to the core of getting your sound. That usually works, you know. Uh, that's the best way to handle those kind of situations, up and out, you know. Now, I've seen – I've been in situations where I've seen bands treat the sound guy dirty. I, I'm not going to go full into it, but they didn't treat him with much respect. And luckily, the the sound guy didn't take it out on the band per se. But how important well, that's a is professional. it? How how important is it to communicate clearly with the sound guy? Well, I, I think from from our standpoint, that's the first thing you want to establish. First of all, nobody's crazy rock stars. No one has to have an attitude. These guys are doing their job, and most of these guys are not getting paid a lot of money. They're doing it for the love of it. And if you can find out what they're about and what they're looking for and help them to get that sound with your own sound, it's awesome. Um, you know, they're there to help you. You know, they want yeah. you to have a great show. Um, you treat them like crap. That just says something about you and says something about your band. Most mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, they they make you or break you. Um, you know, as as a band, you know, if if you don't have your own sound guy, you're at the mercy of whoever you're working with. So it really behooves you to have a great relationship with them, um, be knowledgeable yourself, know how to communicate with them uh, about what what you have and and you know how to best work together, uh, and and really you know respect them because they're. They're the ones whose your sound's in their hands. Once you're up on stage doing your thing, there is pretty much zero you can do about it, um, you know, aside from micro changes to 
the amps and your pedals and things like that. But you know, the front of the house, they're, they're your fate's in their hands. And if uh, if you're you know at you know odds with that person, that's really bad. How about this? A little something different. How about the end of the night? Guy does a good job. Give him a couple bucks. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that fully. And as far as let me let me ask you guys a question. Just throwing this out there. Which musician or which part of the band would you say would be the the most difficult in terms of equipment, in terms of gear? I mean, the drums obviously have multiple pieces to it, but as far as miking up, as far as getting that great sound, what part of the band do you say would be the hardest? Hey, Eric, man. Uh, as far as miking and dealing with it, I, I really wouldn't know because I don't do front of the house. But, uh, yeah, drums tend to be a little bit uh, harder to focus because depending on uh, the drummer, how they're tuned, and just, once again, the quality of their drums, the head, you know, and it's subjective. It's the style of music, but sometimes, you know, it, uh, if a tom is ringy, there's not much that can be done on the fly. Uh, so it comes down to like a good drum sound. You know, once that's solid and uh, they know where the low end's sitting, everything tends to fall into place. Because uh, then next up, obviously, is bass, and you know, you want to make sure the frequencies are all there and it's just an even mix. You know, back to the front of the house guys that are at those venues actually. You'd want to use that guy and not your own guy because they know the room. They know when, uh, you know, it fills the capacity, how the sound changes with more bodies in there or what they're expected. They've been through the gamut of bands with your amp or your sound or your style of music, and they know where to dial you in frequency-wise to make you sound good. So they are your best friends. Unless you got a great, you know, tour-driven uh, guy, you know, you're bringing on the road with you, that's a, that's a totally different uh you know, level besides, you know, the original circuit, you know, there's pros out there that are just phenomenal at getting any band to sound great. So, you know, that's uh, important. Back to the gear and, uh, you know, you can only give the driver the car he could perform in, so to speak. You know? Right, right. Now, uh, not to cut you guys off, but we also have one last member who's just now joining us. Uh, Butch Slusher, Butch, are you with us? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Hey, man. Hey, so, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, man? We prefaced the whole I got to work. <laughs> we prefaced the whole spot with everybody kind of giving a rundown of uh, who they are, what they do. Uh, if you could do that for us, Butchie, for anyone that doesn't know you. Okay. Uh, for the past God knows how long, I've been playing guitar and running sound and kind of hack managing main attraction of our cover bands. Uh, going back in the day, used to run the occasional set of sound at Cell Block when Hoppy needed a break. Working retail at Sam Ash, so uh, gear is kind of what I do. Matt, so the, the last question that was posed, Butchie, right before you called was I had asked the guys um, – as far as the hardest part to kind of get down for a live event, we were just talking drums and uh, as far as miking things up, as far as getting that sound perfect, what would be the most difficult instrument in that band to get right? Um, 
speaking as a guitar player, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. (laughs) Drums kind of are what they are. The drummer hits them, and and God willing, they are consistent over the course of the night. But guitar players tend to turn up. Yep. You know, and and especially if we have two bands. Oh, it, it. I have this 100-watt tube amp that doesn't sound right with on 8. Well, then you need to get an attenuator and play at exactly. 8 and have the attenuator on 2. Exactly. 90, yep. 90% of the gigs we're doing now, I run direct with a pod. My bass player runs direct. And depending on the room, my drummer uses an, electric, an electronic kit. And it, one setup and teardown is a breeze. And bartenders and club owners love the fact that, you know, they can hear a drink order without going, what, what, what? And it's it's just so much easier to contain. But, um, it, like the, the previous, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't exactly know who's in the room, but when I called in, there was somebody saying the sound man is basically the next member of the band and that's 100 percent the case yep yep you you know there was a far side cartoon where you would see the sound man standing behind the mixing board and there was a stuck knob people don't realize (laughs) who that is (laughs) you know that's off the sound man and you will sound like you're playing in an underground cave with water flowing through You know, the the big thing is play nice with everybody, and you know they'll play yeah. nice with you. Nobody wants to make a band sound bad. Hell yeah! Now, as far as you know, you brought up, and I, I want to throw this out there to you guys, Butch. You had brought up uh, the bartenders being able to hear the drink orders and things along that line. Um, how much of a how much of a role does the does the gear play as per se the the way the room's set up? Well, you you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. You know, at the same point, you don't. Yeah. You want to, you want to bring pro gear so you have a, a pro presentation, but you have to know your limits, especially in a room that there's there's no need. I mean, God rest its soul, the truck is closed, DLA is questionable at any given point. Nobody needs a 100-watt full stack for anywhere <laughs> in this area. But well, you got to admit, they sound stuff. great. <laughs> you got to admit, they sound <laughs> great. <laughs> well, well, that's the whole thing. You know, there, there has been a shift yeah, in – the scene and the bars, whether it's uh, venues, you know, there's bar bands and venue bands, and not many bands are, uh, you know, venue level. I've toured with uh, a couple touring bands, um, and it's a totally different animal. Uh, They're able to unleash a little bit because that's the venue, that's the room. Within bars, yeah, you do have to uh, bring the proper knife to the knife fight, (laughs) so to speak. But, uh, man, I miss loud rock and roll, man. Also with that, not to cut you off, the past couple years I've been working backline for the M3 Festival down in Maryland, and there are more and more guys bringing an Axe Effect or a Helix or something like that 
and just running direct into the board. And I got to tell you, some of that stuff just flat out sounds incredible and authentic yep. and so convenient, <laughs> you know. You, you don't have to lug a 4 by 12 cabinet under up a set of steps. Yeah, we, we had, uh, this is Chris, uh, we had the opportunity to open for uh, Kicks and Great White a while back. And, you know, there's there's a, a wall of, of Marshall cabs, uh, and sitting on top was, was a Kemper modeling amp for, for Great White. Um, and, you know, we were we were all run direct. You know, my, my co-guitarist and myself both are running digital Kempers. Uh, we've, we've got every amp model we need. We, we've dialed them in the sound great, and we run direct. Uh, same thing with our bass player. Our bass player, all he has is a pedal board. Uh, not even a rack or anything. He's running direct off the equipment he's got on his pedal, pedal board. We can get off stage in seven minutes, um, yep. which we, we have done for National Acts. Um, you know, we got the Kempers in rolling racks. It, it's one line out, uh, and we're, we're all in-ear monitors, so we don't worry about feedback. Um, it, it's all, we, we set up everything to be as flexible as we can, as fast as we can, and sound great in any size venue. We can roll into the smallest club and get really saturated guitar and bass sounds uh, all the way to full outside festival venues and have that same net sound much louder. Uh, but it's much easier to work with the sound guys and the sound system uh, doing it that way. Right. We've been fortunate to do a couple of events with CT. And I know he's looked a couple of times and has said, where are the amps? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been just, okay, the pod goes to the board, my bass player's rig goes to the board. People are walking up to the stage going, where's the amp? I hear you. <laughs> it sounds great. Where's the amp? And I think that's kind of a weird dynamic for, for a lot of concert companies. Is they're used to, you know, the Judas Priest wall of marshals, yeah. whether or not there's speakers in those cabinets or not. Yeah. It's a visual they're used to. The in-ears are in a must with that. The in-ears are, in are amazing. Yeah. In-ears changed everything. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it takes pressure off you. It takes pressure off the sound man. You know, it's it's just easier. And, and that ties into to everything else, including running direct is you want it fast, you want it easy, you want it to sound good, and, well, God willing, it doesn't cost $4 million. Yeah. So let, know, let, me and, guys, let me ask you guys a question as somebody who, who books shows, who runs shows. Um, I usually do two-hour load-in time, two hours previous to the start of the event. How early do you guys like to get to the event? To be able two to hours. handle everything and not feel rushed. Two hours. Now I got to I got to tell you something that campers and stuff are a great idea if you're doing with a national act. But if you're doing local stuff where it's get in, get out, get out, and you barely get a sound check, I'm wheeling out my marshal. <laughs> because we have literally three minutes to to get on and, and do something, and you need to be able to have a set set pattern and not play with uh, levels all the way across the board. So, Dave, how how uh, so the the next 
the next question that I have for you guys is have you guys ever had a technological or gear type meltdown? What's the worst thing that happens to you live that needs a to head not going happen? Down. <laughs> a head going down or a head. cable coming yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh I teched uh, for Monster Magnet for a few tours, and uh, we would always have a backup. And within the first song, a Marshall head went down right away. I had to uh, swap it out and switch it over. They're uh, your raw-style band, like Motorhead, real gear, real loud, you know, professional-sounding, not a lot of switching or modeling, that kind of stuff. So in those real applications where you got to, like, uh, be on the fly, you know, just throw a head up, power it on, you know, have it powered up, plug it in, and get ready to make the swap out. And uh, things like that or uh, the other, you know, I've seen other techs totally forget to plug in guitars and hand them to their guitar players. And I'm like, you know, those are the nightmares, things like that. Man, we now I we I hate to ask, is anybody driving? <laughs> Me. I'm okay. That's the sound we're getting. All right. Um, I'm sorry. Now you're good, man. I'm, so go ahead. What were you going to say, Bussy? We were doing an event with the the Philadelphia Soul and the Wells Fargo Center, and literally first chord, the amp had died. So here we are. That's, that's fun. 12,000 people, brand new amp head, just took a dump. Oh, yeah. So that's that, when that uh, you, you you hope to have an AB rig and, and you're on the fly with the yep. switching. And that's that's a yep. totally different animal. That's when you get really professional, multiple, you know, back lines, AB head switching systems. It, it gets complicated for most Local rock bands, when they're dealing with their sound, you know, unlike professional uh, run tours and things like that, the biggest thing goes back to, like, you know, your homegrown musician having the best gear possible, knowing how to get the best sound, developing relationships and and being professional, you know, waiting your turn to play your instrument, hearing what they're asking you and knowing what you need to ask for from your monitor guy and what you're really going to do, you you trust everything that you've done over the years, your homework, you know, deciding if these speakers sound best with this or that drum head with that, knowing how to be consistent with your hits and being a musician, you know, that's the, the, the transition of rock and roll had gone from, it's almost like discussing, you know, we're probably at the age where we know Led Zeppelin sounds great on vinyl and people today are convincing digital sounds ultimate. Throwing back yeah. on vinyl is like going back to old rock and roll, Leonard Skinner, big stages, and transitioning to the smaller rooms, still having that power, that ability to get your audience and not worry if they're getting a drink. They're there to rock and roll, you know? You hit them hard, and you're professional. You're on the dime. And uh, that's what I think rock and roll needs to come back to. You know, there's always volume or some sort of, uh, you know, processor or things like that. But there's the organic aspect of it that moves people. And, uh, you know, there's always a way, a quicker way, a simpler way, a lighter way, a faster way. But rock and roll is the only way. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to say it like that. You know what I mean? Loud and hard, you know? Now, the the next transition I want to do, and I'm going to ask Rock Doc to help me with this one, as far as uh, certain locations and certain suppliers, 
I think Rock Doc knows where I'm leading with this. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You, uh, you ushered a deal well, the for union and, members. And, uh, yeah, the Rock and Roll Union has a deal with Sweetwater. So um, uh, minimally they'll place. give us yes, um, unbelievable service. I don't work for them. I don't get anything for this. But uh, I worked out with um, Forrest Powell, which is one of the um, the guys that works there. Um, he's giving us 15% plus on everything. Um, it depends on, like, the smaller products. Obviously, there's not a lot of room. But, you know, you're buying a drum kit, it really adds up. Um, and they usually kick in free shipping with that also. So that really, really adds up. That's awesome. So all you, have, yeah, all you have to do is call their toll-free number and ask for Forrest Powell. Let him know you're a rock and roll uh, union member um, or that you know me, the rock doc, and they'll uh, definitely give you that, that, that discount. And they have some great equipment. Now, as far as people that are just starting out in, in the business that are just starting, I mean, I'm thinking young kids even. Um, I'm sure now there's a million places online that you can go to that are just cheap suppliers. Um, how do you know if a if a certain supplier is reputable, if he's worth buying stuff from? Well, this particular place, they, they'll actually match and beat anybody's price. Um, so I think that's pretty darn good, and the quality is unbelievable. But I think you have to really ask around. Um, what people's experiences are, look online, look at reviews. Butchie? I know Butchie's probably got something to say for this. As far as uh, reputation in uh, supplying equipment, uh, with you working with Sam Ash, how, how do people know that they're not being taken advantage of online from, like, different retailers? You back up what you sell. You know, for me, for me, one of the biggest things that has helped over the years, if I sell somebody an amp, their next gig, I'm there. That's awesome. You know, just to check That's out, hey, cool. I told you it would do this. Is it doing it? And with all due respect to the lovely people in Sweetwater, and I've bought stuff from them, too, they're oh. in the end. You know, they as much as they try and they do build relationships, it's a little different when you're able to be face to face and hold somebody accountable. Yeah, that's, but I mean, now, what would you say would be I'm trying to think where to go from here? Now, as far as backline and band sharing equipment. I, I know some people get really, really um, touchy on their own equipment, while other people are more than willing to share anything that they have. What has been your experience as far as, is it better to keep to yourself or is it better to share with the lineup? If the stuff that's available is quality, I have no problem with it. Right. A lot of the people who get neurotic about, oh, it has to be our stuff or I'm going home, are people who are buying equipment for prestige, not what it does. Gotcha. I bought this, this $5,000 angle head and nobody's going to touch it. Okay, well then you're, in, you're still playing 
you're still playing the same dive bar that we are. <laughs> what, what's the problem? <laughs> you know? If if you buy equipment, it's going to get scuffed. It's going to get used. And I don't to. care who. Over the course of time, there will be numerous rings on top of your amp. It's just how it works. Yeah. Now, but I mean, um, it also depends on who you're playing with. You know, if if you have a if you have a relationship and a, a kinship, hey, you played with the same band thirty times. Most of those guys are going to be like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, if it's if they don't know you, they can get a little neurotic, and it's it's understood because I've played with people who beat the tar out of my stuff. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. okay, I've learned you're never doing that again. Yeah, I had an experience, I had an experience doing like one of the at the block when they were booking shows there, and the Bullet Boys were playing. I have a tough time even saying that, so it's okay. The drummer <laughs> put his, the drummer put his foot, not the bass drum pedal, put his foot through the supplied bass drum. Uh, that at soundcheck that every other band was using and was just a, a a diva bitch about it. There's no other way to put it. Sorry, guys. But, I mean, it, I'm not out to be better than anybody. I'm, I'm out to have a good time and make sure the people we're playing with are having a good time. There's no room for egos with anywhere around here. There just isn't. I agree. You know, I, I, I've gone through with this with like some of the events, you know, that CT has thrown that we've done, and it's like, okay, well, when do you want to go on? Whenever. You know. Yeah. The, the only, the only thing we try to keep to that I guess is the, the closest thing to uh, ego. I know one of you guys was saying you were opening for kicks. If you go and see Kicks, you do not want to be the band that follows Kicks. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! 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 Everybody leaves. But it's not—it's not even that everybody leaves. It's the energy that those guys put out, and they're like, you know, Amazing. seventy-three years old at this point. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's just energy front to back. Nobody wants to follow that because you can't. But you know, I digress. So I mean, stepping a little bit away from the the gear thing, then how how important? I'm going to ask you guys. All you guys have had experience with this. As far as how important is the lineup when you, when you put a lineup together? Say not for a national band, but say you have three local local bands or two local bands and one out of town band coming in. How important is the lineup as far as the equipment is concerned? Yeah, well, CT, you know, we've worked together a bunch of times. It's important yep. to help out the, the band that's coming from wherever. You know, Absolutely. you know, I've supplied, yep. I've supplied stuff before, and I don't have plenty of time sharing. I think that's really important, especially if it's a drum kit and they're coming in, it's coming in from like hours. Help them out. Yeah, I've, <laughs> we've been in that experience. And you know it was 
especially when you're looking at everybody has email, everybody has cell phones. It's a lot easier for you to check in with these other bands and say, hey, you know, we're driving three hours from just outside of Harrisburg. Is it okay if my drummer will bring his breakables? Can we use the core of your kit? Absolutely. And you can can go online and see, is it, you know, Charlie Watts playing where everything's going to be cool? (laughs) Or is it Keith Moon? And at that point, (laughs) you can say, all right, he's either going to respect the kit or he's going to trash it. Yeah. And, you know, know, Rock Doc was there for that one event that I had. You know, it broke my heart to see a band drive from New York to Delaware to be turned away because they didn't bring their their cymbal stand with them. How how minuscule something so small. And it it just gets aggravating. Like, people are so... how important is it to show up at a gig prepared? And, you know, I've, I've had some people tell me, you know, we keep extra equipment in the car just in case. And then there's other people that seem to just float by on the parasail. How important is it as far as having a backup? Yeah, we, we bring uh, pretty much a backup for everything. Um, you know, whether it's you know, an amp going down, cables, um, you name it. Uh, we've played shows where, you know, there's been uh, a shared back line and, you know, drums are, are falling apart. Um, and we've had, you know, people underneath the drums taping things back together in the middle of the set, <laughs> you know, on, on, shared, on shared gear because you never know what you're going to get. But, you know, we always bring our truck uh, and it's got every spare we need for just about anything. Uh, so it just, you know, we, we you know, cert- certainly that's unnecessary, but it gives us a, a lot more confidence in knowing that, okay, anything that we're going to deal with, you know, that's going to be thrown at us, we'll be able to deal with it. Right. What do you guys think? Any any other thoughts? Yeah. If you're if you're a band on a budget and uh, you know you have the one, just make sure it's up and ready. Know your gear. Go out there professional. Just you know, it comes down to you know not only knowing your music and being a good player, but knowing your gear, having your your head and everything just all together. And if you're doing longer sets, you're a touring band, you're definitely going to have backups. Most people don't bring backups for, uh, you know, a 30-minute gig, 45 minutes opening in a you right. know, all-day spot. Right. But uh, there's always a back line, something behind it where you go, hey, man, I've been having trouble with my head. I'm not sure. If anything goes down, am I cool? And either, you know, someone will offer it and say, look, just start out there and, and have no problems, you know. For the most part, in local circuits, people know each other, help each other out. But yep. if you're touring, you should be in the mindset of being professional, have your stuff together. You know, you're representing yourself, your music, everything you put into, once again, all the time. So it's, uh, it's a culmination of all those things, just being professional, being ready, knowing your gear. You don't have to necessarily uh, know how to change components in your amplifier or refret an instrument, but... It helps to know what you're doing and be quick about it, you know, and that that's part of the whole package, you know. That's what separates, you know, uh, you know, 
of course, if a band went out on the road and the guy was like, oh, my God, I forgot my cymbal stands. It's like, are you kidding? Did you forget your arms? <laughs> you know, you shouldn't, you know, you should be on top of your game if you're going to go out there and, and make that effort. Things yeah. happen, things get stolen on the road or something breaks. There's, you know, there's always right. that. But, you know, there's always someone willing to help if you're willing to ask, you know. And uh, I haven't seen a lot of bad things on the road. I've been through, you know, multiple states and, and touring and things like that. And everyone is generally really cool and willing to help out, you know, uh, working with uh, certain bands on the road, uh, helping out opening bands that had similar issues or troubles and wanting to share gear or space. I've made room where I've actually striked a few amps on stage, you know, knowing full well, I, I don't have to, but I can give them more room and it helps out. You know, it, it sets a good vibe. You know, good energy for everyone, and uh, it makes things go smooth. You know, it doesn't take nothing. To, yeah. to piggyback, to piggyback on that, team player goes beyond just being a team player within your band. Yeah, Most definitely. It, it's yeah. team player for the for the show, the scene, and with some of the touring stuff, especially as fly dates become more and more regular. There's no, you know, it, the promoters also have to say, hey, you know, the drummer needs them. Well, get that. Don't, you know, yes. don't rely on, you know, hey, the opening band has this. Well, the, the opening band has this $300 Ludwig accent. And the drummer's used to playing on Tamas or Classics. There's a big difference. Right. You know. And for for some of the these players, I've actually seen it where nationals will come in for a fly date, and it's you didn't read the rider. We're not playing. Yeah, yeah, it gets like that. It gets like that. Yeah. Man, and, and that's the, where the. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that's where the promoter dropped the ball. They should, you know, that's a professional should, organization. Someone asked for something, and there's a. A contract that's the show you know people got to be on on top of that yeah. you know um you know that's rock and roll when, so, when now we're talking about a lot of a lot of the gear here there's also home gear that people are buying that's important as well as recording and, and things like that yep so without going full into that because <laughs> we're almost out of time <laughs> i wanted to ask you guys um what are the biggest do's and don'ts as far as equipment, playing live, things along that line? And, Dave, you just gave me a great idea that we're going to have to do a whole episode on uh, home studio. Sure. That'll be the next thing that we get into. But um, wrapping this up, what are the best do's and don't tips that you guys could each think of? Don't be a jerk. Definitely. <laughs> Number one, don't be a jerk. Know Go your equipment. Know how to do quick fixes. If you got a pedal board, make sure you have everything. Work with other bands really well. That's really important. Develop a reputation of being, a, like you said before, a team player. That goes a long way with getting gigs, working with other people, having other bands that want to work with you, and sound guys who want to work with you. That, that's actually coming... That's one of the reasons I ended up being able to do backline for some of these shows at festivals. You know, I, I get a phone call, hey, um, 
when I was working for Brittany Fox. That was just word of mouth. Hey, we wow. you know we like you. We like you know we we know you know your gear. We got these dates coming up. You know, do you want to work them? Okay, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> you know? And that leads into, like I said, the past five years I've been working at M3, and that's working for everybody. And Rick Bowder rents out all the gear, all the back line. So, like I said, majority of the stuff, you know, guys are coming in with, you know, whatever modeling thing and plugging into the effects return of an amp head, and there you go. There's no tweaking. They have roughly 15 to 20 minutes turnaround. And these guys, 90% of them, it's a fly date. They don't have a crew. And a lot of them are relaxed when they see the same, you know, me and the same three or four guys working the same gig the same year. Oh, those guys are there? It's going to work. That's awesome. So you would say the number one thing would be reputation. Good and bad, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, we might have somebody calling in to add something to the discussion. Uh, thanks for calling the Rock and Roll Union podcast. Who do we got? Hi, my name is Jeff. I have a, I have a question for everybody. Uh, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, or David Lee? <laughs> David Lee. That's my favorite too. <laughs> man. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Long time no see. I haven't called in in a while. I wanted to come in, didn't want to ruin it. Tried to wait till the end. But yeah, That's it's cool, a real interesting discussion. You guys are really killing it on this topic, man. I freaking love it. Love it. So, do you, do you have anything you wanted to add to? I mean, maybe do's and don'ts. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't able to hear all of what the, the discussion, but what I heard was really great. But equipment. I mean, if you're talking equipment and stuff, I mean, I guess, I guess, know your equipment. I mean, and, yeah. and I mean, not the best is the greatest. I mean, I, I use a Shure for performances. A Shure SM58. Okay, it's a performance microphone. We had a friend one time use the Sennheiser. It was out of a, a studio, and I kept trying to tell him no. It's studio that's not for performance. And you could tell because right. it would feed back, it would catch up everything. It was a mess. So yeah, you, you need the dynamic. What's that? You need the dynamic mic. That's that's yeah. uh you, you you can't pull away and, and know the mic as well with a, a fifty eight. Fifty eight is the go to staple. The the bait is actually good. It has a different mid, but uh that's a great mic also, the beta fifty eight. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's it's just a part of knowing what like one of the guys in my band uses a harmonizer to get that background vocal and it's great when used properly, not all the yeah. time, not overpowering. You know, get the harmonics. That's fine, just to give it that little oomph on on some choruses or different parts. But it's not something to use all the time. So just know your equipment, man, and and you know go from there. That's all I got. A gig is not a gig is not the first time to use equipment. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, there you go. I, 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 worked, I worked a show where a guy just bought this this Line Six Helix. Great oh, piece of gear. Great piece of gear. He did zero time editing. Uh, that, 
Oh, yeah. He hits his first D chord, and it echoed through the whole set. And and it it was just like, look, there's a learning curve to some of these. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, one one more thing. Uh, This technology that we have now, the wireless guitars and wireless microphones and this little doodad and this, you know, all that. If you're going to do that, you better buy some stock and batteries. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I can't tell you how many times we've had the sound man that's got the laptop or iPad and it's like, look at this. This is my board. This is what I'm. And he's walking around and halfway through, boom. I was at one where <laughs> only the monitors were working because the thing died on, on the. So the band didn't know. They kept playing, but nothing was coming out because the freaking board died with the battery. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> Get batteries, man. Yeah, my lesson in batteries was going on tour and having to buy 140 of them for a 30-day show run. It was, are you kidding me? The batteries <laughs> were changed every day. Every piece of equipment that ran on a battery, it was changed every day. Uh, a oh, buddy of mine... A buddy of mine buys dollar store batteries, so he never has to worry about when he changed them. <laughs> he, knows, he, got them all. He, up, <laughs> he knows he wakes up, those batteries get changed. Hell yeah. So, uh, I, I was out of his mind. We are out of time, but I wanted to ask you guys one last question before I wrap us up um, without going into full detail. Is it true when it comes to gear, when it comes to tech and everything else associated with it. The old motto, you get what you pay for, is that true? Oh, hell yeah. Definitely. 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 (laughs) Not as much as it used to be. In some cases, yes. In some cases, especially like processing, you can get some processors now that have the same engine a four hundred dollar processor and a twelve hundred dollar processor. Wow. D- dependability will stay. But sonically, it's ninety percent of the way there. And and okay. you know I I buy into the Tom Kiefer thing. The people are hearing the subs and the fifteens and the PA. That amp is only for him. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, guys, thank you so much for this conversation, man. It's been really enlightening. I can't believe we went through an hour already. But, uh, guys, thank you so much, all of you guys, and uh, please enjoy the rest of your weekends. Thank Thanks you. Thank you, T. Thank you for having us. Have and a great night. be calling in more. <laughs> please do, Tez. Please do. I'll talk to you guys. Have a great night. All right, bye. Take care. All right, guys, so that was our roundtable on gear. Hopefully it was a little enlightening, a little helpful for you guys. And next week we got, man, we got three interviews coming to you next week. Don't have my calendar in front of me, unfortunately, but you know you'll see that on the Rock and Roll Union Facebook page coming up soon. And uh, until next time, treat each other with respect, love one another, Realize there's more than one side to a point of view. And remember, rock and roll. Have a great week, guys.